0: excitement around this team. It is high. It is far. It is gone. All rise. Here comes the judge. See it A bomb by Stanton. It's a Stantonian home run. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Oh, that Gary is scary. Claver Torres is on fire. Gregorius let the party, party begin this guy can hit DJ love Mayhew the MVP of my league this is what you see this lineup could do an excellent play by D.D. Gregorian a long throw by D.D. is in time nice running play by Gardner that's Gio Ishella glaber has got the gift moves like Jagger the scale on how hard that play was is off the charts that is tremendous by Aaron Judd. This Jones take this game to a different level Got him What a performance by Masahiro Tanaka struck him out swinging He has been brilliant. It's so much fun to watch him pitch. I'm telling you, man, these guys are poised. I love it. This team has a resiliency. They refuse to give up. This is an amazing baseball. Talking the New York Yankees, and everything around the world of baseball, this is the Highlanders Podcast. Now batting for the Yankees, number two, Derek Jeter. Number two. Derek Jeter steps in and gets his first major league hit. His first in Yankees' hope of many. Derek is a manifestation of pure hard work determination and, you know, the will to win. I mean, if you want to look and say, wow, this kid's got ice water, it would be that first game in Cleveland. And the home run that he hit, the great catch he made on a pop-up, that was Derek Cheater. You just knew that there was not going to be a moment that would be ever too big for Derek Cheater. This one hit deep to left field, and it's gone. Looked into the outfield, one goes Cheater, and he makes a five. Play to retire the side. The kid has been big for the Yankees. So you knew that the one thing that the uh, the great opening day gave them was a the second game. In the hole, yard They're still in the right field, and the Yankees have won on the RBI single by Derek Jeter. In the center field, the Yankees have won it. Derek Jeter with an RBI single, and the Yankees come all the way. Tarasco going back to the track, to the wall. And what happens here? A bouncer to deep short. Cheater, long throw. And the Yankees win the penalty. Biggest hit, 2 New York. I think the whole city is shaking. Hey, 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 hey. Derek Jeter, one of the greatest shortstops who have ever lived. Can you imagine every time he comes up now, he's right there, right on the precipice of history, and this place will be up for grabs. Now batting for the American League, from the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two, Derek Jeter, number two. It was an absolute honor to watch Derek Jeter I have not a negative word to say about this man. I love him. I'm gonna miss him. There's a palpable tension here at the ballpark, and when Derek comes up this inning, this place will get very loud. A five-time world champion. I've never seen him. <laughs> another athlete who could rise to the occasion like El Capitan did. So Derek Jeter moves into the leadoff spot, and he goes after the first pitch way right back left field. Derek Jeter, good. Derek Jeter with one of the most unbelievable plays you will ever see by a shortstop. Swimming and drill to right field, throwing that savage, and the chest, at the wall, see ya, see ya, see ya, a game winning. for the third time in a row. Welcome, everyone, to episode number two of the Highlanders podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little uh, highlight clip of uh, some of the Captain Derek Jeter's accomplishments as he goes into the Hall of Fame. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Hall of Fame, which should be a super happy moment for someone who has a podcast primarily dedicated to the New York Yankees when a member of his team, um, a player that he's followed since... Early on in his career, let's say uh, day one, to the end of his Hall of Fame career, you would think I'd be giddy, over the moon, ecstatic that Derek Jeter is in the Hall of Fame. But Derek Jeter received 99.7%. Yes, I said it. 99.7% votes to get into the Hall of Fame. He received 396 of a possible 397 votes. What does that mean, folks? That means one person, one sports quote-unquote journalist, who the Hall of Fame feels worthy through their hard work and efforts over the years to receive a Hall of Fame vote, looked at a ballot with Derek Jeter's name on it and said, "Mm, no, I don't think so. He's not a Hall of Famer. Okay, so let's break that down just a little bit. You can tell me that the system is flawed and that There should have been a few, several, many other unanimous Hall of Fame inductees into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and I can get on board with that. I might even agree with you. I'm over the moon, one of my favorite players. I should say my favorite player of all time, Aaron Rivera, went in last year as the first unanimous vote-getter to be elected to the Hall of Fame. I couldn't agree more. So, if you want to tell me that the system is broken... I can buy that. But you cannot tell me that as a sports journalist, someone whose job it is to do these things and cover this sport that I love so much, looked at a ballot with Derek Jeter's name on it and said, "Mm, no, I don't think so. Not a Hall of Famer. Absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. If the guy is trying to do it, or girl, I should say, to prove a point, uh, to get attention, then shame on you. They should have their voting rights abolished. Um, That's not what you're there for. You're there to hold up the integrity of this Hall of Fame, which we agree is much more prestigious than any other of the major sports Hall of Fame, in my opinion. And a sport that celebrates history and tradition like baseball does to have a sports writer decide that Derek Jeter, when his name came on the ballot, not a Hall of Famer. Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. And makes a mockery of the actual voting process. That being said, if Derek Jeter would have not been the unanimous decision and missed by 20 votes, 15 votes maybe, maybe this wouldn't be as big a deal. But to be the lone person that decided that you were going to not vote for Derek Jeter to make yourself the story, And take a little bit of the spotlight off of his day is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely crazy and ridiculous. All right. Now that I got that out of my system, I just want to say congratulations to Derek Jeter. He deserves it. Unquestionable. The leader of this last dynasty reign, the last real dynasty in baseball, let's face it, with the uh, championship years. Um, And if you listen to some of the press, I will say that we've gotten a much different view of, uh, Derek Jeter the last week or so in the interviews and you can tell he's a little bit more relaxed he's letting people in a little bit more. Uh, everyone who follows the Yankees knows over the years that Derek Jeter gave you canned answers he gave you the uh, let's let's go back to quote uh, a great baseball movie Bull Durham where he gave you the uh, the canned baseball media answers and uh, was very uh, very suspicious of the media after uh, they, he felt they burned him early on in his career. And uh, he never really gave you anything. So although I'd love to watch him on the field, if you were looking for a great answer to something that happened after the game, yeah, he'd answer the questions, but he never really give you anything. In um, the last couple days in the interviews that I saw, he was giving me more uh, in those interviews than he had his entire 20-year career as a Yankee. So, I mean, that's awesome. It's his right. It's his prerogative. Uh, he released a lot of the stuff like the phone call on his own Players' Tribune website, which good for him. He's, he's a smart guy. Um, but I will tell you, I've learned a ton of stuff from everything from him, uh, reflecting on some of his plays and great accomplishments. But, uh, the thing that strikes me the most when he's asked repeatedly his favorite moments and they were winning, they were championships and, uh, he rattled off the championship years and, uh, that just speaks to the man he is and the player he was and, uh, just an awesome individual. And you could not pick a better person to shine and to play for the, the the great position for the New York Yankees and Derek Jeter. He was an amazing, amazing athlete, um, always came up clutch, always came up big in the big moments. And I will tell you, uh, he was absolutely, absolutely an icon, and he's absolutely deserving of the Hall of Fame. And congratulations to the captain, Derek Jeter. right so during the season it's going to be the part of the show where we talk about uh the last seven days or the last week depending on how many games the yanks played that week we break down the last couple series kind of uh do a little recap of uh the series that was but obviously since the season's a couple weeks away i thought we could take this opportunity to maybe break down the yanks heading into the season position by position starting with the infield this week and decide uh or talk about basically uh any uh Thoughts or ideas we had about the roster. The Yanks roster is pretty much set for 2020. Not many changes from last year's roster. Um, A few slight tweaks to some backup positions, but the stars are pretty much set. Uh, Once everybody gets healthy, the the roster is pretty much already in shape. So let's talk about the catchers behind the plate. Obviously, Sanchez, Gary, will be the starting catcher. Look, uh, the guy has incredible offensive capabilities. We know the defense was suspect. It's gotten much better. I got to be honest with you. I've, I I mean, watching almost every game last year from spring training on, he did a much better job behind the plate. Now, I know the theory is he's sacrificing some framing, uh, maybe costing his pitcher some strikes to increase the defense. I didn't see that again uh, I thought he did a decent job behind the plate. He's never going to be a stud defensive catcher. I think he can be serviceable, but with that bat, I will take that catching and that offensive production behind the plate any day. His arm, we know, is a cannon. Um, although you know people don't steal anymore, as it is anyway, uh, he's got enough weapons to consider him an absolute asset. And if he sparks offensively and 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 produces the way he's capable of, uh, we have an all-star catcher uh, for the next few years behind the plate. Um, and I'll take it until eventually he, you know, needs to be moved to DH or first base or whatever ends up happening with him. But I want him on the team forever. I love this kid. I think he's got nothing but potential upside. I love his swing, uh, a pure swinger. Uh, he's the man. So backing him up this year is a question. Obviously, Austin Romine, the Yankees didn't want to commit that kind of money or, um, Either that or he wanted to get his shot to play. He moves on. Uh, He was a great backup. Very serviceable. You could count on him to get big hits. He was great with handling the staff. He is going to be missed. Uh, Kyle's been in the system. Higgy's been in the system for quite a while. This is going to be his opportunity. I know they signed a veteran, you know, to come in to camp, maybe just to push him, uh, keep the competition going. I think this is his job. I think they're going to finally roll with him. They've got him. He's uh, out of options, so he needs to play. Or they, you know, list, they risk the possibility of losing him I think he'll be serviceable He's got some pop uh, I think he'll be great He's worked with a lot of these young pitchers in the minors I think he'll be a very serviceable good backup And I think we're set a catcher First base is going to be very interesting uh, Everyone loves Luke Voigt I don't mind Luke Voigt I'm not as big a fan as some people Or Yankee fans that I've heard uh, I think maybe a tad overrated He's a monster. He's a beast. He, you know, he looks like a Greek god. You know, he's he's chiseled. Every video I see of him, he's, you know, he's pounding a tire. He's lifting some tremendous amount of weights. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, I need him to stay healthy. Number one. Number two. I'd love to be see him more consistent. Um, I think this is a, a job that Mike Ford uh, could steal from him. The Yankees are desperate in need of some left-handed bats, uh, and I could see him sharing some time and ultimately getting, uh, you know, maybe a 50-50 split um, if he produces. Mike Ford is a diamond in the rough, and I think we, you know, we saw little glimpses of it last season with his numbers. Um, I mean, he got 143 at-bats last year, you know, only a 259 average, but 12 dingers and 25 ribbies, a very serviceable backup. And I think with some more playing time, I, I really see them splitting, uh, almost an equal split. You know, and again, now Didi moving on, a uh, desperate need for some lefties in that in that lineup. And I think you could see a lot of Mike Ford at first base. And I know there's been rumors of uh, Anduhar taking some reps in the outfield and at first base. Uh, if that happens, it's great, an emergency situation. But I think we're set with those two guys there sharing time. Um, but again, my, my take on that is I look for Ford to get a lot more playing time. Uh, as expected. I think it's Luke Voigt's uh, job to lose, obviously, but I think they can ease Ford in, and uh, I think he's going to get a lot of at-bats this year. Second base, obviously, with um, Didi gone, Glaber moving over to short. It's DJ's position, his natural position. Second base, although he can play everywhere, as he showed last year, Um, him settling down, just playing second base, I think will only help him. Listen, if we get seventy-five percent of what we got from DJ last year, I'll sign up for that. Uh, I say sign the man to an extension this spring. I know they won't because that's not what the Yankees do. All well, they did a little last year with uh, Hicks and with Sevy. Uh, I say sign the man right now. He he's a, he's just a dirt in the uniform, uh, grinded out, a slap hitter. He's a ball player, man. You look at him. He he is he is literally a throwback ball player. Can play anywhere. Great team guy. You know, give me, give me nine or ten more of those guys. I'll take it all day long. So second base, absolutely stud, all-star. We're good to go. We go over to short and this will be it. Glaber's big shot. Obviously, the prize possession of the Yankees right now. This young kid who has nothing but potential. Um, I mean, an absolute steal. We 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 stole him from Chicago. I know they got a World Series out of it, but you know to give to give this kid to us, uh, the, the the swing, the defense. Now that he can concentrate at his natural position, shortstop all year. Obviously, like everyone else, I'm expecting a massive year from Glaber at short. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think the the kid. I mean, nothing, and he's so young. He's so young. Uh, incredible. I can't wait to see what he can do this year. Uh, Third base, uh, I know Boone has said and Cashman said that Gio has earned the right to go into the season as the third baseman. This is another thing that I kind of differ on some Yankee fans. Uh, Not that he's overrated because he produced tremendously last year, although he did die down a little bit at the end of the year. Gio was awesome for us last year. He stepped in. We barely missed a beat. I am not ready to give up on Andrew I know a lot of Yankee fans were looking to move him. Uh, we've got Gio now. We're fine. I, did you guys see Anduhar the year before last? Did you see this guy Was a doubles machine? He's an extra base hitting machine. You know, I hear all these Yankee fans complaining. All we have is home run hitters besides DJ. Andujar is a monster at extra base hits. Uh, you know, it, yeah, sub average fielder. Find a position for him. If it's not going to be third base which I think he could still play third base. If you have Glaber, who is a stud at short, you have DJ at second, who's a vacuum. I think you can get away with a substandard third baseman defensively, and I'll take that in lieu of his bat. And honestly, I put Andujar as my starting third baseman whenever I need a DH break, no problem. Obviously, going into the season, Geo should be your everyday third baseman. Miggy to DH, that's fine. But on those days when you want to give Stanton a DH day, or you want to give judge a rest day, or, you know, the old man Gardner in the outfield the day off, uh, I have no problem, no problem with Mickey playing third base, um, you know, in lieu of a DH day. So I think it's a, you need his bat in the lineup. I think you have to have it as far as backups on the infield. It would probably assume that Tyler Wade makes this team out a spring training. In lieu of Estrada, who would be the next man up or the first man up, I guess, from Triple uh, A. But I would say Tyler Way, because of his speed and his versatility to play anywhere, would be your uh, 26 man and he'd be your backup infielder. So, uh, as far as on the bench, Ford would be your backup to first base, and Estrada, who can play everywhere else, uh, with the ability to have you know DJ LeMay, who slide all over the infield. So, a uh, pretty good solid infield. I would say, uh, I'm not really too many concerns Two things. Like I said, I'd really look for is Mike Ford stealing some time at first base. I think that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen as we get into the season and, and Luke voice production, maybe dwindles a little bit or, you know, stammers off or levels off. And I'd be really curious to see, uh, if Anduhar can come back from this injury and really keep producing offensively and force his way into the lineup and force the Yankees' hand to give him some playing time in the field. Yankees' infield 2020. Mailbag time, folks. Uh, Any questions that you have, feel free to drop us a line at HighlandersPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to email some questions or on Twitter, HighlandersPod at HighlandersPod on Twitter, feel free to shoot us some questions. Uh, We'll answer them here on the pod if we can get to it. Uh, I did get a couple questions this week. One question I had from Joe Smith 19462 on Twitter was, uh, how do I feel about the quick... Rise or ranking in the MLB pipeline for Jason Dominguez? Um, well, I gotta say, to be honest with you, uh, I'm hearing tons of great things about it. But I mean, that's all I hear is he's a kid. He's, you know, he's gonna be the next Mickey Mantle. He's gonna be the next A. Rod. He's, he's a natural. He's incredible. He's awesome. That's great. That's wonderful. I honestly don't know. I mean, I've seen some clips of this kid hitting. Um he looks like he's got a great swing. He's ranked uh 54th already of the best prospects on the MLB pipeline. Uh the Yankees had three players in that top 100 to show that they do have some some depth still in the farm system. That's great. That's wonderful, but I mean a kid is still just a kid. Um I'm down here in Florida so I get a chance to see a lot of the the high A ball teams play, the Tarpons, Tampa Tarpons down here. I get the chance to see a lot of these kids come through. Um I enjoy watching the young kids, but honestly, it's really hard to tell. Uh, I got to see Florio a lot over the last couple seasons. Um, big, strong kid. Uh, he looks like a ball player, but honestly, struggled a lot in the field. When I saw him defensively, uh, did not, you know, did not look great in the field at all. To be very honest with you, I understand they're still learning and they're young, and you know, Dominguez is even younger. So uh, we'll see. Honestly, if you're just asking my opinions of why he's so high in the pipeline, it's just because it's all based on potential. Who knows? You know, these hundred players that they're ranking or they're looking at are just that It's subjective. It's rankings. I do. I want the kid, the kid to be fantastic. Of course I do. I mean, of course I do. He's 19 years old, though. So we'll see. Um, I'm not sure where he's going to play this year. Uh, I'm hoping it's A-Ball just so I get a chance to actually look at him in person and get, an, get eyes on him and see how he looks. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Again, this is all subjective. So, you know, as the season goes on, I'll give you some reports uh, on some of the minor league games that I attend. I am heading up to Tampa once pitchers and catchers report. I'll be up there for a few days actually watching some practices. It's a great way to uh, get a look at some players before the craziness starts of the spring training games. Um, you know, last year was a great opportunity to to get eyes on Judge and just, you know, Sanchez, just watch him do some drills. Uh, really get eyes on them, see how they see how they look. Not that you know this is a great judge of anything to watch anybody practice or stretch or whatever it looks like. But I'll be up there, and we'll see if I can't maybe get a couple interviews with some other reporters, or you know, if I get lucky enough to actually nab a player, we can. Uh, we we'll absolutely bring that to you here on the show as well. But uh, as far as these uh, these kids, these these potential these young players, we'll see. I mean, it is what it is, but until uh, I can actually lay eyes on him, I can only give you my opinion. And like I said, Florio is the, the last big prospect that I actually saw, and to be very honest, which I was not super impressed. And again, that being said, you know, I saw him play maybe four times in person down here. He was a big, strong player. He looks like a ball player, but defensively, he's very weak, very bad tracks to the ball. He struggled in the outfield mightily. Again, I know he's been injured a couple times already, so um, you know looked apart and looked apart, but we'll see. So as far as that's concerned, uh, they're just prospects until they're prospects. But I will try to lay eyes on some of these young uh, players that hit the Tampa Tarpons this year in A ball, and absolutely give you my feedback and review. Uh, the minor leagues a great way to uh, get to look at some of these players up close and personal, and even have some interactions with them. So if I can give you some of that and some of my opinions, I will certainly do that this year. But any questions that you have for us, please feel free to uh, shoot them our way. Again, at Highlanders Pod on Twitter and HighlandersPodcast at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. All right, as we close out episode number two here some final thoughts uh just a heads up these episodes will get longer the first two have been pretty brief the next couple might be brief until we actually hit uh the regular season and we have some more stuff to break down and digest but i wanted to make sure that we got an episode in the books with the big news and Derek jeter going into the hall of fame uh should be a fantastic week it was some good news rather than uh the Sign stealing and Astros and Red Sox and Mets and manager firing uh, the, the ugliness that's been going on the last week. It was nice to get some good news. Uh, a couple of players, Larry Walker and Derek Jeter, into the Hall of Fame. So it's a good week. We're going to end the podcast on some good news and a good week. Baseball is in the air. We're getting close. Um, right around the corner of pitchers and catchers reporting. I cannot wait to uh, see some live baseball Guys out there hitting balls, batting practice. Uh, it's going to be fun. You can you can smell it. It's right around the corner. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great season. I can feel it. A season, and let's be honest, uh, the Yankees will be heavily favored to uh, bring home the World Championship. And, uh, it's been a while. If you're a Yankee fan, uh, you've been starving. It's been quite a while since the last championship. It's well past time, I and mean, a lot of pressure is going to be on them. They're not the underdogs from a few years ago. This isn't the scrappy... Uh, Bunch of young kids uh, that no one heard of that's going to take the world by storm. This is a team that's expected to win uh, from day one. Now, obviously, every Yankee fan is going to tell you that, you know, going back to Mr. Steinburner, that, you know, every team was expected to win every year. You know, when you looked at some of those teams in the 80s and the early 90s on paper, yeah, you can say they're expected to win, but they weren't winning. So, uh, you know, not since the uh, the mid-90s and dynasty teams of Mr. Jeter, What I say on paper, that we've been the heavy favorite to uh, win this world championship this year. And with the additions of Cole coming in uh, and some guys getting healthy, there's no reason that we shouldn't win the championship this year. So ending this on a positive note, looking forward to some spring training action right around the corner. Thank you guys for listening to episode number two of the Highlanders podcast. And we'll see you next week. Go Yankees. Now batting for the Indians, number two, Derek Derek Jeter, number two.